Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland, and I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. And tonight we're also joined by another special guest, Michaela Hempen, who is one of my Click the Teaches coaches and a very good friend. And we're Michaela and I are on a grand adventure. So it's Dominique, I, I wish you were here because I think you would really be enjoying what we are. So can you tell us where here is? Well, where here is, we're, we're in the Bavarian Alps. We're in Germany. I'm not exactly sure where we are. So Michaela, where are we? <laughs> what are we near? We are near Schongau, it's the uh, Kaufbeuren Füssen, so we're, we're still in Allgäu, um, and that's uh, basically just before the Alps, you go further south, you are in uh, Italy. Yes, and if we turned around and looked out the window, we would have a magnificent view of the Alps, but that's not why we're here. We didn't come here <laughs> to look at mountains, we came here for Anja Baron's annual international workshop. That's the treat of the week that we've been here all week watching Anya Baron's training. I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't know who Anya Baron is. So Michaela, would you, and, and, and you and Dominique haven't really met, so would you first give just a little background on your own horse-owning background, and then we'll introduce Anya and the whole connection between Anya Baron's work and the clicker training and why it's of interest. Yeah, sure. Pleasure. <laughs> so I have uh, currently two horses and I'm a private horse owner. I'm not a professional trainer as such, but I'm I'm glad to be on, on Alex's The Click That Teaches uh, online course as a coach. So I got my first horse, uh, Asphalot, is an, uh, an Arab mix. I got him in 2009 as my first horse, but I've been riding since childhood. That is my first own horse. And I started him with clicker training in 2010. And I got my second horse, a Spanish mare, uh, as a two-year-old. And uh, yeah, she's been most of her life clicker training, clicker training experience. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very interested in riding dressage and combining it with clicker training, how Alex teaches it. And Anja Beran, um, I've known her. She's very well known in, in Germany and outside Germany internationally as well. She's uh, coming from the Portuguese school, so she's uh, over different mentors, uh, learning from Nuno Oliveira, not directly, but through another other teachers. And is well, is a is a person who very much has the the benefit of the horses in in mind in her training. So she she doesn't go out to win ribbons or anything, but uh, she receives horses with specific problems, and her her aim is to help them find balance in their body and make them sound and healthy. And also if they are troubled by, you know, they have not been well treated, so she will also look at their welfare. Where is she located in Germany? She's in the, in Bavaria, in the south of Germany. It's a region that is called Allgäu. And uh, she's in a, in a very rural area, I would say. It is gorgeous. And her facility is... I mean, what a treat. Well, I've, I've seen photos of her arena, indoor arena, and it's gorgeous. You, you feel as though you are in a botanical garden that just happens to contain a training facility. And, and you're also in a zoological park because in addition <laughs> to the horses, she has many, many, many different kinds of animals, all of, most of whom I think are are rescues or retirees. As you walk around her facility, there's just this beautiful, beautiful garden. And then you'll come around a corner and there'll be a camel. Really? Really. Uh, the camel's retired from a, from a circus and he's probably very elderly at this point. And he has his, his llama friends and she has some rabbits who are all adopted and and she was telling us that she used to have many 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 more rabbits but they eventually have aged out but when she had a lot of rabbits they didn't all get along well so the the rabbits had different turnout schedules and the grooms would have would go out 
during the day and put one group of rabbits in and let another group of rabbits out. And it's, and it's that degree of caring that is really reflected in, in, in her, her writing. whole facility. So she, yes, she's yes. not a clicker trainer per se, but she shares a lot of our values. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And what I learned years ago, what I learned pre-clicker training, is that you can ride horses into soundness. That the classical work, the gymnastics, the, the lateral work that we learn, it's not there for show. It's not there so that you can win ribbons. It's there so that you can help horses to be sounder in their bodies. And what is such a treat at Anya's is she's presenting through the week Day by day by day, she focuses in on different aspects of the work. So Monday, she focused on the starting of young horses, and she has many horses in training. So she brought out the, the young horses that are currently just starting in the program. And then we get to see horses that are further along. So what does the work look like as it's developed? And on the second day, focus was on lateral work. So we get to see again the progression of her lessons. And I think some of the horses that she's presenting and the horses that she has in her barn are just really tell the story. From the books, if people are familiar with her work, they would be familiar with Gawain. Would you like to talk about? Yeah, Gawain is the story that uh, draw, drew me in and convinced me uh, of her work the first time I went to visit in 2011 when uh, Anya explained the story of this Frisian stallion Gawain, who was with her in training as a three-year-old to start him. And then he left and went back home to another stable with another trainer. And I think uh, one and a half years later, the owner called Anya and said, Anya, you're my last hope. Gawain is lame. We have four different diagnoses from vet clinics, and they basically say you either put him on the, on the field for the rest of his life or... Um, the other story we don't want to think about and uh, she said yes of course bring him we'll see what we can do and he came in the trailer and as they were trying to load him out he was like oh my god I don't know what to do with this horse it took them half half an hour only to back him out of the trailer and uh, he was totally lame on his right hind he was dragging his hoof in a way that half of the hoof was gone because he was sliding over the floor and they could only manage to get him to the nearest box. And from there, she started every day to bring him into the arena, which was the, that box was the closest to the indoor arena, and start uh, just a little bit of lateral overstepping and walk in hand for a couple of minutes, bring him back. Next day, try again and uh, build that up into continue this lateral work in hand until she could trot him uh, in the overstepping and trotting and then she continued in her program until um, the horse is now magnificent and uh, walks beautiful knows all the higher dressage movements can do piaf passage spanish walk flying changes galop pirouettes and is so light and uh, like a like a spanish horse left and right you can move him anywhere it's a it's a beautiful story and yes how long many. how long did that take well i've when i've seen him in 2011 uh, she said he was in training one no sorry it was two and a half years Wow. And then already he was very, very, very good. That's spectacular. She wouldn't, she wouldn't have pre presented him if he was still lamer. So he was already very good. And uh, she's presented him at every workshop, except this one, but at, uh, so far. And he's, the last workshop was fantastic. Uh, there was a yeah. young rider on, on him, uh, 50 kilos max, on this huge Frisian. And he was moving left, right in a really nice canter and trot and... Very, very light. You didn't hear this horse. And that's a 600 kilo Frisian. Right, right, right. And he's not unique. Most of the horses who come to her barn for training come because they have issues. There's been something that's happened with the way that they've been trained previously. There's some lameness issue. And through the gymnastics, she is bringing them not just to pasture soundness, but into this just gorgeous, magnificent 
movement where the horses you you see them shining they you know that it feels good to them you know that they're enjoying this work and so alex you because you've been we all know how much balance and this kind of work interests you and how you can use behaviors and what you teach your horses to for better soundness and longevity you've been attending these workshops of and for how long now you go every year well i don't go every year no? so i this is the second one that i've attended okay oh, and yeah. michaela you've been going now every year for many years I'm going every year for the workshop uh, since 2011, mm -hmm. but I'm in a very lucky position that she's only one and a half hours from my parents. Right. So I get to go so in between. And I've been in 2012 with my older horse for one month for lessons. Mm -hmm. And she has started my young mare when she was three. So then she was there for three and a half months and she was started by Anya. How, how does she, how do, what does she say about clicker training? How do, do you, do you clicker train your horses when you send them to, when you work with them at her place or you don't? No, what I did when I took the lessons was when we had, she does many breaks. So you would have concentrated work and then she gives a break. And mm -hmm. during that time I would feed a treat. Okay. But I would not, well, it happened to me. I said, good. And he stopped and that was not useful. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, no, so it's not, it's not, I'm not doing a clicker training session with Anya. I'm following her instruction and whenever there's a break, I would feed a treat. Yes. Uh, which is what she also does. Yeah. So. And she's helping you to understand what the issues are with Asphaloth. Where, exactly. That where his asymmetries are so that you know what exercises are going to be useful and appropriate for him. And then you've gone back and yes. with the clicker training you've broken those lessons down into smaller steps, more digestible steps for exactly. you and Asphalaf. Exactly. So she would, as we had those lessons, um, she would give me basically a training plan for life because she has helped me to identify where's his crooked side, which leg he tries to evade the, 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 the weight and why he couldn't trot. So he's an Arab mix. He's not a trotter. And he had only a jog. He was a reigning horse, actually, before I got him. So he had eight years of reigning. A reigning Arab. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and probably not very well ridden. So he, um, yeah. So he had to learn dressage new. Right. Hmm. But he learned it. Yeah. Because that's what kept him from just completely breaking down. Yes. 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 So if, if, if you had just tried to ride him as an ordinary horse you'd have had a horrible jarring trot yeah and he would probably over t not in he those asymmetries would have turned into actual lamenesses very likely yes very likely because i suppose that his hocks are through the raining very much stressed under that time right. and uh, he is well he's quite crooked he he's crooked to an extent that he he can't trot so his hind legs are in the way they are not they are coming out of the body sideways and uh, that blocks the movement so that was also for me an important lesson to find out even if you would have mm, concentrated on just forward movement however you know with clicker training or with the whip whatever you you would concentrate on if you just think of making him move forward that wouldn't have helped because he can only move forward if you get his shoulders in front of the hind leg mm -hmm. and make him straight and then he can go forward and then you don't need to bother about training forward because you just have to make him straight and he goes forward on his own. So mm. that was the crucial part, not training forward, but tr working on straightness. Right. right. That's so interesting. And when you say make him straight, you don't mean we're going <laughs> to make you do that. No. You mean teach him how to use his body and teach him the gymnastics that allow him to find that straightness. Exactly. So through Anya, I have learned which exercises from the classical dressage I can use. So, you know, I can use a shoulder in, but on which side do I use a shoulder in? On his hollow side or on his stiff side? Or do I use a, a haunches in or a haunches out? And this depends on which side I'm working on, on the right hand or on the left hand. So I'm, I'm always saying I take the what from Anya, but I take the how from Alex. So I'm teaching those exercises 
in a in a with a clicker and uh, make them in small pieces and using all the elements that Alex is teaching in, in her material. That's a great way to say it. The what from Anya and the how from Alex. Yeah. Right. Because the, the small steps, the, the chunk down that I teach, the lateral flexions that I teach that turn into shoulder in, that turn into hunches in, they connect into the classical work. They're not two different systems. It's the perfection of, of these earlier lessons transforms into what we would recognize as a shoulder in or haunches in. But by breaking it down into these smaller steps, into these component pieces, I think it makes it more accessible to more riders and more horses. But the piece that's, that often gets lost is seeing the connection between the two. And when we come to Anya's and you get to see people who are, who are riding these beautiful movements, but riding them because it's for the good of the horse. Not just to do a half pass because it looks fancy, yeah. but to do a half pass because that's the gymnastic, that's the exercise of the moment that's going to be useful to that horse. So, you know, Alex, we've been saying to people that they should educate their eyes and their brain and find a look that pleases them. And we always wonder, well, where should I look? You know, I don't want to put these bad images in my head. And I think Anya's website or her work would certainly be one that can help us educate our eyes to what good movement looks like. Absolutely, and she has some phenomenal resources. So she has some excellent books with beautiful pictures. And she has, what's the title of that DVD? The, is it Train Your Train Eye? Train Your Eye. So describe that, because that's a mm. fascinating, yeah. fascinating DVD. Yeah, that's a very good DVD, and it's available in English. So. Yes. So what she did is they went out to um, high, really high-level dressage competition, and filmed the riders and they've done the same with their own riders and then they have made it into um it's not an animation because it's actual footing but right. they've made it into it looks like a silhouette it looks like a silhouette right? right so you cannot know who's who's the rider what horse you know you cannot recognize anybody and actually they also changed you know a man into a woman and so yes on. right so you think <laughs> okay. oh I, I know that rider yeah, exactly. but it's a woman i'm sure it is but actually it might not be mm. yeah, right yeah. So, so they made sure that nobody is attacked or, right, uh, right. or anything and so she compares basically the different uh, movements starting with uh, how should the trot of a three-year-old look like and she also refers uh, to the actually to the FN rules, which is the FEI for international, so the National right. Federation of Equestrian, whatever it's called. So how it's written in the books, how it's in the rule books, how it's writ, uh, described by the classical masters, and then shows the movement of her horses in this silhouette and compares that with the movement that she sees at auctions where they present the young stallions for testing, for example. And you can see how these horses move differently and then she would explain you know what to look at to see whether the movement is healthy or not and she does that for different movements she does continues then with the piaf and there she took the footage from from the high level dressage competitions and explains you know look at this diagonal what's happening you know he's not lifting both equally for example uh, or he's shifting left and right so and then she explains that the you know the back is not working or it's not strong enough the horse is not in balance the horse is not straight right and uh, she, she explains a different movement extended trot uh, galop pirouette uh, passage. passage especially that's, passage yeah. yeah that's the most um that's so fascinating where yeah. you can see those legs hovering and and doing that little circle in the air on the ones that where it's Exactly, and you compare that to the classical movement, and the conclusion is basically what they call, you know, a, dress, a passage in a test is not a passage according to how they even define it themselves. So, what gets the good marks is a completely different exercise. And she said they should call it uh, um, um, differently because it's not, it's not that. It's not passage, yeah, right? It's not passage. Right, right. So this this is something that really trains your eye, and, and also walk is also part of it. Yes. You know, because many of the dressage horses with the contracted backs. They don't walk correctly. And uh, that's the one I liked also a lot. 
Wow. So, so what's the name of that DVD? Board. Train Your Eye. Oh. <laughs> you can, if you go to Anja Beran's website, that's um, anjaberan.com. There is uh, in the boutique, in the shop, you can find it. Mm. Train Your Eye. You that's what we want. <laughs> That's yes. right. That's yes. right. And then what what we're having is this great treat of being able to train our eye looking at the work through different breeds of horses. So she's presented this week, she's presented German warm bloods. So we've had different, we've had the Bavarian warm bloods. We've mm. had a couple other types of warm bloods. Yeah, different types of warm bloods. Uh, yes. We've had two Arabs. Breeding stallions. Breeding stallions. That's right. There's been an Akaltiki, yes, a Russian breed, a Halflinger, yes. um, um, a Tinka, a, a cult, tinker. Irish cult. Yes, that was fascinating. So yesterday she had two riders come in to present their horses, and she gave them a, a lesson. And so they went. She went through her warm up with the lateral flexions, and then with each of the horses, they were working with. Uh, Piaf and were they both doing a little passage or was that the just halfling the halflinger was? Halfling was doing and passage. the halflinger was certainly doing Spanish walk, and the tinker mayor was. She had a nice Piaf. She had a really nice Piaf, yeah. and I love this. So she's you know the gypsy banner horses, the the tinker horses that we're seeing. You have this horse who was clearly just the beloved horse. Mm. of this particular person very clearly <laughs> and yet there she was doing this beautiful work and benefiting from it and she has a 30 year old mayor at home who has been worked in this manner who she says has is she came to the lesson with yeah her to Anna, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. so again there's that statement that it's it's good for horses it helps horses to stay sound throughout their lifetime and that we can ride and we can do it in a way that really benefits horses. And you've been adding in the clicker training with Asphalof and Greya, so we can do it in a way where we can really feel good about how we're teaching. Because it is difficult when you're just learning and you're, you're going to make mistakes. You're trying to figure out what is meant by Never mind, do I do shoulder into the left or shoulder into the right? Which side do I do it on for the benefit of the horse? How do I just do shoulder? How do I ride a shoulder in? And we're going to make mistakes as we do that. So, but with the clicker training and breaking it down into those smaller steps, it buffers the process. It makes it a more horse friendly process, I think. So, what would be you've been doing using it with Asphalus and, and Greya. Why did you feel you needed to add the clicker training into Anya's work? I think that would be the good way to ask it. No, I wanted to do clicker training. I think that's the first first okay. first thing. It's not that I wanted to do dressage and added okay. the clicker training. So I wanted to do clicker training and I have started with that. But I have not forgotten about the dressage. Okay. So I had still that wish that I, I want to do clicker training, but I want to do dressage also. So I have educated myself on both strings, if you if you want. Right. So I've educated myself by going to to Anya. Of course, I've also read other other books from other writers, other trainers, and uh, I did stick with Anya because that was the most pleasing and that I yeah I enjoyed. I found most uh, connection with with Anya's work, but I've also educated myself with other other work. And did the same for clicker training. So learned with other species, other trainers, uh, try to understand really all your levels of detail right, as right. far as I could go. I and love the story you tell of the with the hip shoulder shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was a very very first approximation of hip shoulder shoulder where so the first first round. Right. With Asphalot, where I played with hip, shoulder, shoulder. After going through all the other steps first, perhaps I right. perhaps you can shoulder, describe shoulder. for. Perhaps for people who, who, just before you tell the story, you can describe a little bit for people who are not familiar with what that means, hip, shoulder, hip, shoulder. Well, Alex should do that. It, it's a name that we give to a particular exercise where you're asking the horse to soften and give and soften and give. And as you're sliding down a lead rope or sliding down a rein and you ask a horse to soften to the side, when you're teaching it, you can click and reinforce each correct response. And then gradually you turn that into a longer sequence of behaviors. 
And so you're asking the horse to flex to the side with the head, the neck, the shoulders, and that connects you into the hips and the horse takes a deeper step up underneath its body with its inside hind and and that engages more the outside hind. We we could do an entire podcast just describing hip shoulders shoulders. So I'll just in in general say that it is an exercise that really engages the hind end, connects the hind end with the front end. It's a exercise initially that gives you safety and that as you develop it and perfect it takes you into collection and and high performance. You do have a DVD on this exercise. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's a very good DVD. Yes. I don't remember how many hours of explanation, right. but I think that's a good summary, just so people understand right. what right. what Because your it's, jargon, it's... what what this terminology means. So for the story. <laughs> All right, so I was exploring uh, the hip, shoulder, shoulder in the first approximation, and you bend slightly and get a light of light flexion and the second flexion and the third flexion and get a bit of a hip and a slide and he went backwards and then all of a sudden I felt him in my outside hand and I said ah that's what they mean when they say right into your the outside hand and the whole concept of the outside rain all of a sudden was clear to me which was a mystery until then because there's so much, so yeah. much fuss about yeah. the outside rain and most riders actually don't use the outside rain at all. So it just helped you to understand and interpret what you've been reading from the in the in terms of the classical work. That's what the, you read on what the writing instructors yeah. keep telling you, you know, right? Because there's in Germany it's very popular to write the diagonal eights, so you have the inside leg and the outside rain. Yep. You have never really felt the horse stepping into a kind of balance where you have contact at the outside rain, not by pulling on the lead right but there's somebody there there's but a connection. he's stepping into that connection that you offer through the yes. contact that's a completely different field and just shorten your reins on the outside right, right so you have that stepping into the balance and all of a sudden you have the horse in your outside hand yeah yeah and that's a very neat feel and that was a big eye-opener I said Oof. and I think that's probably when I started realizing that there was a connection Uh, I said, aha, <laughs> this is the stair step, you know, I say, okay, there is, there is this talk uh, that I, things that I read in the literature, lessons that I got, and this totally different terminology that Alexandra right. is using, and that actually, they talk about the same things in different ways. Right, that's right, the two worlds absolutely connect. Well, Alex says everything is connected with everything else. Everything else, yeah. So do you think that the the breaking things down, the way we do it in the clicker training, is that um, something that is encouraged as much um, when you receive lessons in from more traditional trainers? Do you think that's what made a difference for you? The fact that we are really going to, you mean we're talking about micro shaping? Is this something you find is more in uh, the clicker training way of working? Because it's it seems to me that all good trainers do that, no matter whether what kind of method they use. But I feel that the extent to which we do it in the clicker training community is really very, very useful because we go, we keep slicing smaller, 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 which I have not found so much in traditional circles, but I'd, I'd love to hear. I, th I think it's the nature of clicker training that it, every time you click, you're creating a step in the training. So that helps us to find the smaller slices, the smaller slices, the thinner slices. Because certainly when you start clicker training, yeah. you're a lumper. Compared with where you will be as your skill increases within the clicker training, everybody starts out by being a lumper. And, and I don't care how good you are when you start out, compared with where you will be as you explore clicker training, When you look back at your starting point, you will say, boy, did I lump. 
<laughs> and and so I think the structure of clicker training leads us to find the smaller steps and it helps us to find the underlying component pieces. And it is part of the sort of the inherent nature of clicker training that we are looking for those components and we're understanding that we need to teach them individually before we put them together into more complex behaviors. What, what would you say, Michaela? Yes, well, I would agree that good trainers, Lice and Anya certainly does a lot of very, very, very small, tiny steps. And also that also helped me observing her, uh, how she would teach, for example, a Piaf, you know, how she, she, she doesn't go out and say, I developed this weekend, I work on the Piaf. This is something that is developed from young horses starting at the age of three by just touching the leg with the whip and you get a reaction to her. That's the first shaping step in a way towards Piaf and then right. along they see horses and only the first steps maybe when they are six right. that you would have some diagonal and I, steps. And I know that there would be, will be some people within the clicker training community when they hear us say, well, she touches the leg with a whip that they will be <clears throat> inhaling. But it is literally that. It is a touch on the leg. It is not a uh, whip you until you pick up the foot. No. It's almost a reflex for the horse to pick up when when he feels the touch. So you don't really have... Yeah, they're tickled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And because she has horses in for the long term, she can take her time. Yeah. And and does take her time. So she was showing the development of the Spanish walk. And somebody asked at one point, well, how long did it take you to get to this point, it was with one of the younger horses mm. who was showing us really a fairly impressive beginning stage of the Spanish walk. But she said, oh, it's been about a year and a half. You know, we do a little bit here and a little bit there and we don't work on it every day. So there isn't a rush that I must get this behavior, I must get this done over mm. the next couple of days in order to feel so I'm succeeding. So it's Yes, but obviously the clicker training as we approach it, we cut it much, Even much, more. much. Yes, uh, but she yeah. she is really quite a fine slicer compared to what you see generally. Right. So. Right. One of the interesting things that she shared with us yesterday in yesterday's program was she had a series of quotes from some of the riding masters describing how things should be done. And then she had her first rider, her yeah. first rider, riding them so that we could see what was being described. And then she also talked about the contrast with what how things are currently written. Um, that was that was mm. that was fascinating. Well, you know, it's very interesting when you read some of what the masters wrote before Christ. And you would think, my God, this yes. is a manifesto for clicker training. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And again, you know, later, um, some of the, the, the masters, they wrote about being friends with the horses and having a horse that was a partner. And, you know, you wonder how, how things got lost, you know, in the dark ages and in the war and course there were some necessities then but this idea this idea of partnership has been around for thousands of years <laughs> yes yes and that was one of her points is to is go back and read the masters go back and read to uh, to educate yourself and really understand more of what is it that we are asking for in these horses yeah, she was saying be an intelligent rider. And she said there is always a solution. If you don't know how to solve it, go back, read, info, you know, get educated, get uh, dive deeper. There's for every horse and every problem, there is a solution. And you, it's your job as the trainer to to find that solution and yeah. to search. Yeah. So we've, we've had just a phenomenal three days and there are still two days to go. But today was a day off. <laughs> and... Michaela had a surprise up her sleeve, which was great fun, but she didn't tell me what it was. Michaela has, she's translated my online course into German. So she runs the German language online course. And one of the 
people who is part of the online course was who we were visiting today. So we drove through this beautiful, beautiful countryside, just an absolutely charming villages, and you have the Alps in the background, and we came around a, the corner and said, ah, here we are, and I'm thinking, okay, what are, we going to, what are we going to see? And as we came around the corner, it was clear that we had come to a dairy farm. And, and I think maybe, Michaela, you should, you should pick up the story from there. Should so I? <laughs> yeah, you should. So, what did you bring me to? All right. Yes, I brought you to, uh, as you said, uh, Julia, who's uh, a dairy farmer, <laughs> and she has uh, contacted me some time back uh, because she was looking for um, ways to make the life of her one of her particular pet cows. Well, she's a dairy. She's a working dairy yeah. cow to improve her welfare and increase her motivation, have more fun with her. And she stumbled across Click, yeah, Alexandra's work, basically, and the online course. And she had sent me an email asking uh, if I think that would work with cows. Yes. And she, had, she had, was, had this particular cow because she was being culled from the herd and they had to get a halter on her and teach her to lead so that she could go through the auctions? Yes, she had to present her on the on a lead rope to the potential buyers. And in order to prepare her for that, um, she didn't know how to do it. <laughs> because she put the halter and lead rope on and Snickers was saying, you know, I'm good where I am. Where yes. should I go? Yes. And <laughs> she's a big cow. She's a big cow. She's yes. a, yeah. She like, would, would she weigh almost like you're freezing? Oh, 600 yeah, yeah. If not, no, kilos? more than that. Not a ton, but... More than but, that. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. Her legs are shorter, but she's massive. No, 800, yeah. 750, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So if she doesn't want to go somewhere, no one's going anywhere. Well, unless, of course, you use other means, but... Yeah, electrical things. Yeah, or, or just having somebody chase her as they normally do, but that's what not what she wanted to do. And, and no. she as she started working with this cow, got attached to her, gave her a name. So now she's not just a dairy cow, she's becoming a pet. And that's the point where she started looking at her. Is she on her way to doing passage and piaffe? <laughs> no, no, she's not there not, yet. Not but yet? But she did some impressive jumps today. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so oh, yeah. jumps so above how... the air would be something she right, could do. That's right, that's right. So she contacted Michaela. Yeah. And yes, so she asked if I think that online course would help her to with a cow, whether it would be applicable to a cow. And I said, I don't know, but why not? Yeah, so she started and she went through the whole course reading and she hasn't applied all of it to with Snickers because she got a baby in between. Right, so she's, but she's been going systematically through yes. the course yes. with her cow. Exactly. Which is just such tremendous fun. And so we got to meet Snickers, and Julia has, she has a eight-week-old baby. Yes. So she's got this baby swaddled in her arms, and she's out clicker training her cow. Yeah. It was, you couldn't ask for a better picture than this. And the rest of the herd was left inside to just be cows, and Snicker, the gate opens, and Snickers gets to come out and follow her, her hand as a target, and... It was just really wild watching this. It was so much fun. There's a trend, like people are starting to see cattle as the sensitive animals and learning animals that they are. Yes. Well, and to see this work benefiting the welfare, the, the well-being of a dairy cow was just really neat and really wonderful. And we have video and we have some pictures, so we'll definitely have to put mm -hmm. them up in the members library yeah but i think the more actually what i should add is another so she didn't only want to play with her cow right so the, yes. the other really important piece to this why also why she looked at horse work uh, was well one is that she she also wants to she's riding oh, sneakers yes okay. so she rides her cow which made her look at horse training from one perspective which she has not done for a year now the riding because she was pregnant but she wants to ride again yes 
Uh, so that made her look into horsework. And she doesn't just ride her cow around, you know, a little ring. She rides her cow into the village. Yeah. <laughs> Which must... In a halter, yes. yes. Wow. Yes, yes. 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 So no, but from a welfare perspective, what I wanted to say is not just, you know, fun. I want to have fun with my pet cow. But um, what she wanted to do first with Snickers is to make her calm and in, enjoy the trimming process because how it's currently done in general is that, in Germany at least, we put the, the cows into a, what we call a hoof stand, a trimming a stand. Shoot. A shoot. So, they're, okay. so they're driven into a stock. So there's, they're driven through a chute into, they are called stocks, aren't they? Where, and, they're, and the cow puts her head through the stanchion at the far end. And yes, that's and then they're fixed. So that's closed. You close the neck in and be, yes, so that keeps them in and you close behind. So they're, they're fixed. Uh, you use that for medical treatments, for right. injections, or mostly for hoof trimming right. because that's one of the things you need to do regularly. You see those for horses. You would see them in uh, veterinary hospitals. They would have the, yes. the stocks for being able to examine a horse safely so they're not being kicked. Yes. Yes. So you would put them. Yeah. You. You. There are different ways of getting them in there. Yeah, right. And once they're in your clothes, and then you would uh, work on the hoofs by you know lifting the leg up and then tying it with a rope. With a rope, and the the cow is secure, so she can't fall or anything. But they are restrained, completely restrained, doing that, and that's quite stressful. And she didn't, since she now had that connection with Snickers, she didn't want the stress for her. And so she said, do you think we could do something like the horses? You know, you just train them to lift their legs. Do you think we could do something like the elephants? <laughs> that's, well, that's essentially what, yes. it, what she's looking at. Yes. Yeah. And um, I said, yes, I'm, I'm sure we can. And I said, I, I would love that. So if I can help you in any way, because, because I'm a veterinarian by background. So I've, I know that the dairy cows, one of the main problems are the, the hoofs and the, the, the joints. So the foot care is very, very important. So, yeah, that was motivation that, for me, <laughs> a lot of, I thought that was a wonderful idea. And not only for Snickers, but because they trim themselves, all the whole 120 cows. And, <laughs> yes, so, um, you know, if you just imagine you have these cows who would easily walk into the stand and uh, have their hoof trimmed voluntary. Mm. That saves a lot of time, too, for the owners. Exactly. She yes. has achieved that with Snickers. So she said, the way she explained how Snickers goes into that hoof stand is uh, it's amazing. She said, sometimes because Snickers is the only one trained at the moment to go in and the others are reluctant to go in. So as the others are hesitating, Snickers, Snickers will go and she's already in. And she said, actually, that makes me waste a lot of time because I have to get Snickers out again. <laughs> <laughs> So that's she. She hasn't managed to teach all of 119, but <laughs> and but it's an interesting opportunity to look at not just animal welfare, but how does how can this benefit production? Because if you can train these cows to go in and be more comfortable with the hoof care, even if they're still having their their feet lifted with the rope so the 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 foot is lifted and then it's set onto a stirrup so their their foot is supported for the trimming even if you're still basically using that rope to lift the foot if you can train it through small steps so that the cows understand and are accepting and are comfortable with it you can reduce the stress in that individual and I would think if you're reducing stress for the individual that's having its feet done, that that's also reducing stress in all the cows that are in the vicinity who are listening to that stressed animal. But if you can reduce stress in your herd, that has to be translated into increased production. And of course, on the dairy farms, they know exactly how much milk each cow is producing. So it is something that could be tracked over time as they incorporate some of this training into the rest of the herd. It's very exciting. Yes, and also in addition, she has also shown us the milk robot and how they are training, you know, already in a quite thin-sliced way, how they how they are training the young cows that are bef actually before they have their first calf, they already introduce them to the to the milking machine first just going in and luring them with food 
and then they go out again and they go in again, get food, they go out again. And then they start hearing the noise of the robot and they go out again, you know, before you actually start the milking. So by the time they have their first calf, they already know the machine. You know, there's so much there that where good training applies. It was really fun. It was really exciting. So we'll have to share some of the video clips of Snickers being targeted around the barnyard and, and some of the video with, with Julia talking about working with her cows. It was really fun. Yeah, it's great because, you know, it, it seems so immense, the welfare uh, in, the, in the cattle and uh, the, the um, how do you say in English, the um, Agro, the, the feeding industry, what's the word in English Livestock. for that? Livestock. Uh, so all the, all the, the cows. Livestock and, the, and food, you know, yep. f- the food industry. Food producing animals. There's, yeah. there's so much area for improvement in terms of welfare. Sometimes it seems a bit discouraging, but you have to start somewhere. And I find that these steps are very encouraging and should be encouraged. And it's exciting to think that a little bit of the horse training work is trickling out to make uh, some cows at a dairy farm's life a little more pleasant and, and, and comfortable. And I always go think back to the statement that Ken Ramirez makes where he talks about training. And he says, you, you, you'll hear people who are real advocates for animal welfare. And they talk about the good nutrition that the animals need to have and the exercise that an animal needs to have. And and then you start to talk about training. Oh, well, I don't have time to train. And, and training is so much a part of, especially for our horses and our dogs, it's so much a part of their, their welfare. You wouldn't say, I don't have time to feed my animal. Mm-hmm. And yet people will say, I don't have time to train my animals. So everything is connected to everything else. And so that was a treat. So tomorrow we go back to Anya's for two more days of of her workshop. So we're very much looking forward to that and just been a grand adventure. And then we continue to Italy. Yes, and then we ended. (laughs) That's right, that's right. So we'll we'll no doubt be sharing some more as the days progress. What are the what are the two next days? What are what's on the program? I suspect we'll be doing counter work. Then we'll do. We'll have a guest doing liberty work. That's right. Tomorrow is liberty training. Yes. Ooh, my favorite. Yes. 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 So Anya is not doing liberty work as such. So she invited somebody whom I, I don't know. I've not seen yet. So right. So that's a German. It's a German trainer, but I I don't know his work. So. Yeah. And. Um, and then we'll be certainly doing some, getting to see some long reining side saddle and some of these fancy things. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and then we'll drive through the Swiss Alps to Italy for a clicker training workshop. So it's, it's, a, it's a grand adventure. And yes, it sounds like a great learning week. Yes, yes. And it's currently very late here in Europe. So I think what we're going to do is say goodnight and we'll catch up with everybody in the next podcast. Well, have a great rest of the week. Enjoy Italy and we'll see you next week. Very good. Many thanks. Bye. 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 Our webinar with Ken Ramirez is coming up soon. And for those of you who don't know him, I would like to tell you a little bit about Ken. Ken has been teaching people and animals for over 40 years. He has worked with an amazing number of species, being a consultant to many zoos and aquariums throughout the world. He literally wrote the textbook on positive reinforcement for animal in captivity and has largely contributed to the fact that Zoo trainers everywhere around the globe are now teaching animals to cooperate willingly with procedures that previously required restraint or even anesthesia, allowing toothbrushing, hoof trimming, even injections and blood draws. On top of working with all kinds of zoo animals and marine mammals, he has trained search and rescue dogs, bomb and narcotic dogs. Ken even trained animals that we don't really think of as trainable, 
Would you believe he once trained 10,000 butterflies for a show where the insects flew on cue from one location to another in different groups at different times to the sound of a symphony orchestra? Well, you better believe it because he did that in the summer of 2015 for a botanical garden in London. Lately, he got a lot of us very excited by concept training, where he teaches animals to learn abstract concepts, such as counting or recognizing shapes, sizes, and colors. As a part of this concept training program, he has even taught dogs how to mimic other dogs' behaviors, including mimicking behaviors that were completely novel. I mean, it's one thing to teach a dog to mimic behaviors that are already in his repertoire, but to teach him to mimic unknown behaviors? Wow, that's pretty mind-boggling to me. If you Google Ken Ramirez concept training, there are a few short videos available on YouTube that are really fascinating to watch and might make you think that the exploration of animals' intelligence is far from over. Ken is also very active in animal conservation worldwide. One of his recent projects has been to change the migration route of a large herd of elephants in Africa. The current route takes them through poacher territory and has resulted in the slaughter of dozens of elephants every year. The plan is to use remote training to reroute the elephants and direct them for a safer path. So, if you think that it's hard to train your horse when he's at the other end of the pasture, think about that idea. Ken is also no stranger to the horse world since he grew up on a ranch and did some consultant work with horses as well. So as you can see, Ken is one of the most knowledgeable teacher and animal trainer in the world. He's up there in the stratosphere and someone that both Alex and I admire greatly. We're really looking forward to this webinar and we hope you will join us on August 18th, 2018. Once you register, we invite you to send us your questions in advance using the contact form on our equiosity.com website. And in the meantime, as usual, have fun with your training.